Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. I'm not getting very far <laughs> naked out in the streets before someone says something to me like, hey, you're naked. Especially since your street is just basically tore up. All yeah. the construction workers be like, hey, it's <laughs> a pants on. Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. Happy to report that all three of us, Pablo Iglesias, Jim Rutledge, and Alex Strofe, all have our pants on here at the Everlight Solar Studio. Ooh. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. If the mountains are blue, you know what to do. And that's across the Coors Light. Get into the show, 844-770-3776. We'll get to Daniel and the Sloth in a second. Second, we were asking for Wisconsin things, not sports-related. Brandy Old Fashioned is a great one. Uh, Josh and Madison chimes in. I taught my nine-year-old son how to play blackjack for fun, and then got in trouble because he taught some of his friends and started cleaning up... <laughs> Uh, their quarters. <laughs> Collecting hustle. lunch money. Yes. Gotta love That's the hustle. so good. And uh, your friend Daniel the Sloth chimed in as well. Yeah, answering some of my questions about his relationship. So he told us he was married at 21, which I made a joke that, uh, why are you married at 21? But I think in this case, I'll allow it. You're 21, you're able to celebrate at your uh, wedding. His wife was the same age as him, and they were high school sweethearts. So actually, it's just a beautiful story. So good job, Sloth. Well, um, uh, our Iron Jack poll question. I didn't want to leave you hanging. Nob, appreciate you. Nob Neal, angry for no good reason. What so we say? asked the question, is Jim Rutledge a bad parent for letting his kids play bar games with his brother? 88% of you say not bad. And Nob Neal chimes in, 95% just think this is a bad poll. I think in Wisconsin, that is a landslide poll. But on social media, on Twitter, we might get people outside of Wisconsin. And I think there is a different vibe. And I'm not... I'm not saying I grew up in bars, so I'm not saying what I'm doing is wrong. I grew up going. Weirdly, I never went to fish fries. My parents were not fish fry folks, but I grew up, and we'd go to a lot of bars. We'd go to again Bean Fans in Fort Atkinson, all these other bars, and I'd play. I trade basketball and football cards with the bartender, and I would eat bar food and play the bar games. I wasn't drinking. My parents weren't buying me Coors Light or anything, but we would hang out at the bars. They had outdoor space. We could go play, uh, you know, out the back in the parking lot or out by the water and everything like that. Different times, folks. Different times. Because I feel like retroactively DCHS or whatever that is might want to come the, the uh, come and get me and my brother. But we're fine. And I think it's, it's normal. Uh, I definitely uh, did not let my children just roam the streets and play in the parking lot at the bar as well. But I, I think... I think there's nothing wrong with it, but we did want to pull at 844-770-3776. Am I a bad parent for letting my kids play bar games, pull tabs, and and others? And then also, were you in a bar with your parents when you were younger? 844-770-3776. So wait, Jim, so you're saying you don't let your children just roam the streets and just play roll dice right much. not they, yet not yet oh, okay. if they keep okay, on winning like this you know <laughs> daddy wants some new jordans i mean they'll just <laughs> take a cut out of it uh chris manitowash waters chimes in don't sweat it jimbo i let my eight-year-old son do pull tabs at taverns and establishments and thanks chris and i'm not really sweating it i'm just curious if i am the outlier in it mm-hmm. 844-770-3776 alex uh you did not so you were, your parents didn't bring you to... Where'd you go? Let's go out to eat then. Because that was basically it. We'd just go out to Jim, eat. Jim, where did like I grow up? Oh, you see, you went to Applebee's. Absolutely. 
We're going to get to Applebee's next segment here because they are getting after it. I said, what they do? Did I not? I sent this to you. I have been horrible on my phone today. I got an angry text from the lady. Um, yeah, because I haven't responded to anything prior to nine a.m. So that's on me. Are you required to respond when you are working? Uh, well, well, I think this was a one-off of. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to get into it on the air, but um, yeah, was it like a question asked. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, but she still knows you're working though. Yeah, but I'm usually pretty good about responding while I'm working. Same. Today was just a weird day where I didn't have my phone on me. Yeah. And, you know, my wife's, well, now the current line of work, she can't text as much anyways either. So that's why I was curious. When my wife had the in-home daycare, a lot of times just not as much going on. And maybe she can text back and be like, hey, it took you two hours. What were you doing? It usually doesn't take you two hours. But uh, I definitely... I'm allowed some some window on that, but Alex, I won't get you in trouble here and let you let you bury yourself. I there, feel like anytime I'm here, there's always something Alex where all, Alex I, I was going to say. Trouble. I don't know if it's just me and Alex is always in the doghouse. I'm not but. in the doghouse necessarily. I was just uh, she's just, it, well, it wasn't an angry text. I should take that back. The text just said hello with three question marks. Uh, I hate that. Yeah, though. me too. Can I tell you this? And then you, you just got to emphasize it or like it, right? No, I'm definitely gonna, I'm definitely going to get you. <laughs> You're going to give me. Yeah. Uh, get, right, I'll be sleeping four, in the four, hallway seven, of my apartment. Seven, 3776. <laughs> I'd almost rather you flip me the bird than send multiple question marks. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Or like a question mark with an explanation point. Just send the middle finger emoji. I want to throw my phone through the window if I get multiple <laughs> question marks or a question mark with an exclamation point. Oh, you're the best. Like question what is it happening. <laughs> now my wife doesn't really send those much, but other people do, and I'm all, and sometimes I feel like they don't realize how aggressive that seems. Yeah. Because like multiple. Uh, question marks or exclamation points is just seems like you are like furious. It drives me insane. I'm like, how about you just chill and throw in one question mark like a normal person? Or just the if it was the other way around, just hello with the period. And right. That's it. Uh. I think we read into text so much that it's just like, what does this mean? Totally. Type of thing. Right. And totally. it's just like crazy. I was thinking about this last night. I'm actually glad you brought that up, Pablo, because yes. I, I I tend to not be the greatest responder overall. And I was thinking, you know, I wonder if my buddies like think I hate them, mm-hmm. or if I, you know, I'm mad at them. And then I'm, and then I realize I have never thought about that if somebody doesn't respond to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting to realize nobody should give a damn. I just think nobody should care about anything. That's it. That's How's it. that for a take? It, it really is a weird way of we just overanalyze it. There's <laughs> there's nothing wrong with admitting it, but yeah, we definitely strangely overanalyze sex. But it's also straightforward when you get three question marks. That that's just, yeah. Then I know what that means. That's yeah. definitely a sign. Yeah. But sometimes because I also know somebody who texted my friend when he got engaged. She, it's not that she didn't have enthusiasm, it was just she would always end just with a solid period, like no exclamation points. You can't do that. You can't do that. When he gets, when he gets engaged, uh, just just says, congrats, period. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) Why wasn't it me? That's how I would read that. Uh, That's that's amazing. Round of the key chimes in. I'll just say this I definitely can contribute some of my gambling compulsion to the exposure I had at a very young age. To crap games at father's uh, cop parties, much older brother, weekly poker games, and just how prevalent gambling was as an entertainment option for our family. And I'll say this, I'm not a big gambler. Like, I got stressed watching the girls play and, like, the money that they could have kept on. And they don't need money for anything, but I didn't want them to lose their money. Like, I don't enjoy gambling Hold on, hold on, hold on. So when you say you don't want them to lose their money. 
Well, they were up Was big. it your money? Well, no, it was actually my brother's money. And I felt bad for them when they used up all the quarters. And I know it's like the experience, so I gave them the $2 more. And I didn't want them. I wanted them to get their $10 back or whatever. Because I felt bad for them. I don't... I guess the, the, the risk or the, the negative side of it is not really worth the squeeze for me on gambling. And I did have to do one dad moment on it. Because my daughter gets in the car, Rosie, and she said, Hey, look at all this money that I earned. And I said, Well, well hold up. You didn't earn anything. Just, just fan it, <laughs> right? Right. Just, no, that's, walking in, no, walking into the car, fanning in quarters. Herself. So like, she was lugging it around like Scrooge McDuck in a big bag. That's a lot of quarters, <laughs> but it was more the idea. She said she earned all this money, and I had to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa! This is not a lifestyle. This is not a way to make a living. You didn't earn this money. You won it. You easily could lose it. So I did have that moment, and I had to inform the kids. You cannot. It was a hard part because I could not explain to them why. But I was like, do not go to school and tell your classmates and teachers that you won money playing a game called Bonus Hole at a bar, please. <laughs> and I kept my daughter, my oldest. Hey now. I think she picked up that it was something inappropriate, but she, she kept on pushing me out. She's like, why not? Why can't I say it? Why can't I hey call now. Kept on. Why can't we just say Bonus Hole? Why can't hey I now. tell my friends that? And I was getting so mad because she I knew she knew it was something that I didn't want her to say because it was inappropriate but she didn't know why and so um, I didn't get a call from the school so I'm guessing well, I think it's kind of dope she did not inform everyone at school that she won a, a game uh, you know thirty dollars at a game called bonus hole but, hey man that was uh, that might have been the biggest miss there are you trying to meet a quota of how many times you say bonus <laughs> hole possibly <laughs> I'm hey just now. telling a story. There it is. There. <laughs> Try to get a little a, bit of a delay, a little broadcast. Sorry, you me Try, to, guard. Try to get a bonus. I get bonus for uh, saying bonus all. It's a yeah, sponsor it was, of the show. It's like I was listening to a podcast hey with now. Charles Barkley, and he just kept me- mentioning Icy Hot, uh, the, the General, uh, what Capital One, as many times as he possibly could. They called him out on it. So. Yeah, well, he's like uh, Shaq with that one. Then. Yeah. So. I think they were calling out Shaq, and then they started talking about Capital One, and then he started to go on it. So, uh, from what it seems like, Jim has a sponsorship with uh, Bonus Hole. Yes. <laughs> the, the people at, Long story short, <laughs> the people at Bonus Hole. I don't play bar games often, but when I go to the bar, I only play Bonus Hole. <laughs> uh, is at uh, Jim Rutledge a bad parent for letting his kids play bar games with his brother, i.e., pull tabs, slots, etc.? 89% of you say, no, I am not a bad parent. I will take that ratio. Uh, Alex Strofe looks like he's got someone on the phone here. Let's get to Z and to D. He'll have good insight into this. Z, how you doing? I'm doing, oh, sorry. Hallelujah. Almost forgot it. So, um, as far as kids at the bar, if the bar has food, like an actual menu, and not yeah. like chips, and yeah, I think that's perfectly fine. Um, if it's a bar, strictly bar, I think the kids shouldn't be able to sit at the bar, but you can be at the bar with the parents a little bit, just depending if there's any background stuff to do for the kids. Um, I know that I take my kid every now and then to a bar, just have one with after we're done with a baseball game. So I he plays around on the pool table, and he's two and a half. So as far as the gambling goes, I think it's a win, it's a win lose. I mean. I don't think they're going to get addicted this far at a young age, but when they get older, they might. I mean, I know my grandpa taught me how to play poker, and I was addicted for a little bit, but you don't see me going every night to the casino playing for poker. For a little bit. So, well, I was like 12, 13, and then that was when when poker was big on ESPN. You're addicted to and poker everyone at 13? 
Well, it, poker was the well, stroke. Remember, there's like a 10-year age gap between me and you. Like, you were still in diapers when I was 13. So I just want, like, poker was huge on ESPN, like, late 90s, early 2000s. So a lot of times you'd be seeing the World Series of Poker, and you're like, I want to learn this game because this guy can win, win this much money. And then so you learn it. Your grandpa teaches you. We play with fun money. And then, like, when you get to, like, 15, 15, 17 years old, you start playing with friends while you're just sitting back enjoying the Saturday night and uh, play for a little bit of money, but not that big of money, like 20 bucks buy-in. I mean, 100 bucks pot, I mean, it wasn't that big, so... Uh, thank you. I right, see. That's that's a hell of a story. Just running uh, poker rings out of his basement at 14 years old is something else. I was not playing poker at 14. I think, actually, I remember playing Texas Hold'em when I was like 15. I had yeah. absolutely no idea what I was doing, and I just happened to run the table. All right, so I gave him too hard of a time. When my parents got divorced, I was six. And when my dad moved into his apartment, he taught me and my brother how to play Texas Hold'em. Um, I, I actually remember a moment. I remember All due respect moment. to your dad, I could not imagine a more divorced dad oh, thing to do with percent. his parents. Can I ask one more question yeah, for this yeah. apartment for dazzling details? Yeah. How many pieces of furniture in the apartment? Two, three pieces? Uh, actually, no. It was pretty well furnished. I was proud of him on and that in that regard. Yeah. Anything on the wall? Uh, there was a Rocky Four poster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of like when Millhouse's dad was right, like in exactly. his apartment. Great exactly. reference. Great reference. But um, I also just think of like I see this online all the time. Women posting about like how do men think this is okay for an apartment? The, Whether you're the, the lawn chair. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. It was more than lawn chairs. We had a couple couches, and it, okay. it had a cool like upper balcony level where we had our original Xbox. We would play Tiger Woods golf, like a fish tank or anything like that. Any beers? Any beer Stand on the floor or something yeah, right, like right. that. Yeah, or you, there was you, nothing you guys, under the TV. You guys got it. You guys got it. Um, but we were playing. I remember we played Texas Hold'em in our living room and i had to be no older than seven yeah and i got really excited i had pocket aces yeah sure. and i didn't know you could go all in i okay. didn't know that was a thing yeah so i kept i kept putting like four chips in yeah. and then there was a flop with another ace yeah. so i put like five chips in and i was like giddy right yeah. i'm jumping up and down yeah. and uh it, my dad's like okay i'm gonna fold you clearly have something <laughs> yeah. good I was yeah. like, hey you're taking all the fun out of it Oh, man. Dana Stoughton chimes in. It's been a tradition of mine to buy my daughter lottery tickets and chocolates for Valentine's Day since she was four. Uh, she keeps whatever she wins. So, um, JJ and Ponette chimes in. You're not a bad parent if you're that concerned about the aftermath, but I'll say most parents I, or most people I do know, uh, say that gambling needs a 12 pref, 12 step program, and it seems like heroin's the only thing more addictive than gambling. Oh, that was a, that was a dark. Whoa. That's a take. Um, Happy Tuesday, everybody. I guess I'll say this. I wouldn't say that I have any addictions, so like I don't hopefully addictive personalities don't run in the in the family because I think that if you're gonna be addicted, it's just some if you're gonna be addicted to gambling, you would have been addicted to gambling or X or Y or Z. I think that's a, a personality uh, trait or a, a personality thing you need to work on with psychiatrists. So I would say that if you do have gambling problems, there are plenty of websites and and phone numbers to call for the gambling issues you can get that solved. We're going to go ahead and play uh, Throwing Stones. Not for money. We're going to do all that uh, in a minute, but I will say this. My good friend Lee from Ritz Chris Steakhouse was in here earlier uh, today, and, and Strofe, we stumbled upon a really great idea. So obviously the food over yeah. there at Ritz Chris Steakhouse is fantastic, and they got the sizzle, swizzle, and swirl happy hour, and you should go over there and check them out whenever you get a chance. But Matt Hamilton fancies himself a little bit of a, a cook or a chef, right? And we had this idea of, like, let's Matt, let Matt cook. So we're going to have Matt cook something for us and bring it in. And then Lee will bring some things in from Ruth's. And Lee's a big sports fan, too. So we'll get Lee's sports take and Matt's 
Ooh. meal, and we'll try some food, and we'll figure out who's got the best sports steak and food. I'm a thinker. I got us some food from Whiskers Steakhouse. Yeah, that's uh, that might be your best work yet. Yes, and that's, can we get the Mike that Breen call? Bar, but right, we're gonna. To, yeah, we we need the Mike Breen call from this one. Yeah, we're gonna get that done in like uh, maybe a couple weeks when Matt's back. For those three days, he'll be back again, and then Clutch. he'll be gone. But this is Rutledge and go. Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Let's go. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Legend Hamilton continues live from the Everlight Solar Studio. Jim, I have some validation, too, from okay. an out-of-state source who is listening to the show and okay. also said that you are not a bad parent. He would back you up. Okay. It's cool to have kids do pull tabs and roll the dice at bars. So my buddy Gus, who lives in Chicago, is a Pittsburgh guy. Okay. He gave the shout-out, so I'm just, just throwing in some extra validation for you, well, Jim. Good. You're not a bad parent. Good, because it validates my childhood as well, because this is what I did for a lot as a child. <laughs> now, my brother... Again. Wait, hold on. Does that mean you were on the fence if your parents were good or bad parents? Is that what you just <laughs> that, that was that what you just implied? <laughs> no, no. Uh, because in that era, I think it was less. I think it was more common than it is now. But my brother, he definitely plays all these games. He spends a lot of money on it. And in his heart of heart, when I really push him, because he'll talk about his winnings, I'm like, so you probably have just broken even over time, which is fine. Like if you're playing all this and you're having fun, you're going to the bars, you're doing all this kind of stuff, and you come out as a net even, I think that's kind of a win. He keeps himself entertained, has a good time. He pays all his bills, and he does his thing. But he definitely loves to play these bar games. And we didn't play the bar games as a kid. We'd play, like, pool, and we'd play darts. We didn't do pull tabs or, or things like that, or the dice game as well. I think we did the dice once in a while. But other than that, like, participate with my parents on it. But Daniel Sloth chimes in. My kids like to play the video games when we go to breakfast at the bar on Sunday. Not every Sunday, though, maybe once a month. And they'll play uh, some different games with them there, too. So, look, I, I think each their own. And uh, I will say that I, I don't feel too bad about taking the, the kids to the bar, but I appreciate everyone backing me up. It's a landslide. I am not a bad parent for letting the kids play some bar games. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Pablo Iglesias, Jim Rutledge, Alex Strope with you. Let's throw some stones. The guys think they have the answers to everything. I'm the best there is. People like me. So it's time to put them to the test. That's some booty, Jim. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. This is Throwing Stones, presented by Metro Kia of Madison, Madison's trusted Kia dealership. Time to throw some stones here on Rutledge and Hamilton. I've got questions. Pablo and Jimmy have answers. I'll ask them questions. I'll score them threat. And at the end, we will crown a winner of Tuesday's edition of Throwing Stones. Pablo, you look like you got something to say. What's on your mind, buddy? Oh, no. Just go for it. Just You're just loving it. the beat. Yeah. I love I love Biggie, man. As do I. I love Biggie. As does Jimmy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We're, we're a pro Biggie show. Uh, I want to yeah. start with this. And it's fitting we have Pablo here today. As uh, Miami reporter Samantha Rivera, who was out in Vegas yesterday for game two of the Stanley Cup final, which, of course, the night took a two games to zero lead over the Florida Panthers, was doing a live shot uh, after the game, and a rambunctious fan tried to run into her shot 
And she says, uh-uh, Dikembe Mutembo style, pushes him out of the shot. And while she's live on the air, um, nope, nope, she says. And then later tweeted, um, you know, listen, I don't give a damn what uh, team you're rooting for. Get the hell out of my face yeah. when I'm working and respect that. So, Pablo, I imagine you love this, but I'm curious on your thoughts on uh, fans getting involved during a live shot. Look, I get it. You're excited. So things are happening. But at the end of the day, somebody's got to do this. Every- She's there to do her job. Don't disrupt that. I have actually been in the same-ish situation. I wasn't live, but I was recording something. It's when the Blues won the Stanley Cup. We were in St. Louis. It was live. Somebody grabbed my face. Sure, I played it off like a good sport, but at the same point, you just touched my face. Ron Burgundy style, no touching the hair or the face, but legitimately, (laughs) come on. Have some fun. Enjoy yourself. Don't. Don't be stupid, though. Yeah. Like, enjoy yourself. Have you ever had a situation like that occur? Yes. Yeah, no. I just said somebody, like, straight up, just from the crowd. Went around and grabbed my face. I know we're on the radio. I'm gonna go there and grab Alex's the, face. Yeah, yeah. Let him grab my face. Yeah, my bad. I have the video. I could show it to you. I'll look Ooh, for I it would somewhere. Love to see that. So yes. I'll show it to you. Yeah, but Jimmy, your thoughts? It's wild. Uh, yeah, I mean, people lose their their dang minds when they see reporters, and there's literally not a single excuse or reason why you need to at all get that close to anyone doing their job. Uh, you won, stay, or anyone really. I don't care if, you, if she was on TV or not. You do not need to get that close to someone. Nobody wants to see your stupid face on TV. You don't need to be there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, people need to, to kind of rein in their minds. No, in no fact, one wants to see your stupid face. I honestly wish the, your stupid a lot of, face. A lot of these places have you know different sort of like security around. I, I honestly think at this point that they should just assign wherever they're gonna do the live shot. Just grab one of the Parmar security folks and slap them up over there. Because mm-hmm. people lose their mind when they see TV cameras. Yeah, not a half bad idea. I remember a lot of these, like when the Bucks won and the reporters were in the Deer District. I don't know if you were there for that, Pablo. Yes, but- I was. We were we were high up, but it was. I mean, there were legitimate situations where we saw not mold is a it is and isn't a right the right word to use, but you guys get what I'm saying. Yeah. They they were crowded by a lot of yeah. people because you see the camera, you go nuts, and it's like no 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 no. Yeah. We're gonna stay high and show you from afar. This is what this looks like. No doubt. Uh, no. So I joined the program late. I missed if you guys touched on this at all, but I want to bring it up here as I see Pablo wearing his Vibes Golf Club hat. Uh, earlier today, the uh, the announcement made, LIV, PGA have come to an agreement to join forces just 18 months after all the, the, uh, the big debacle of LIV Golf. Jimmy, I'll start with you on this. Is this good news or bad news for the game of golf? I'll just read it like this. Trump and Mickelson praise LIV PGA merger as 9-11 families hit back and say it's offensive. I think that's my whole take on it. Whoa. Yeah, the live money. And all Tasha said earlier, oh, everyone's got dirty money. I don't know anyone who's got money dirtier than what's going on with live. And PGA, uh, which is full of a bunch of rich, arrogant jerks just merged with a bunch of other rich, arrogant jerks to create the largest, most arrogant, jerk-filled uh, league out there. So congratulations to both sides for showing their sh- their whole ass and just taking the money and all scruples and morals and anything decent about them uh, be damned. Colin Morikawa tweeting out today, I love finding out morning news on Twitter and everyone thought yesterday was the longest day in golf. So, and, he, and the commissioner... Jay Monahan for the PGA Tour coming on saying 
quote, the game of golf is better for what we've done here today. Now, am I throwing out much info? No, I'm just I'm just speaking the facts as to what everyone said. The thing that I'm interested more so just kind of being the golf fan with uh, with full swing. Apparently, they were filming live reaction for season two, and they have Rory McIlroy's real-time reaction, so that should be Whoa. coming into Season 2 of Full Swing, so that's going to be interesting to see. I appreciate that knowledge I didn't know before. I have not watched Full Swing. It worth, is worth insane. I've watched it twice. It's really oh, good. Oh, twice. That means yes. it's very good. It's very good. Uh, this comes through VP and Director of Athletics Bill Scholl announces a contract extension for Shaka Smart through the 2029-30 program. Whoa! Well, I mean, well-deserved. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they had a good year. Oregon, Wisconsin native, but just came through. From the uh, Reported from the Oregon, Wisconsin resident. Yes, uh, Marquette Basketball put it out there. There we'll you go. say the PGA and live memes right now as I'm just sifting Terrific, through. Terrific. On Twitter are, are just good. Oh, the Michael Scott Paper Company com- <laughs> comparison. <laughs> Oh, that is good. I love that. This is good. This is good. Next so. one for you, fellas. Uh, today, National Yo-Yo Day, June 6th. Pablo, I'll start with you on this one. Your favorite childhood toy is what? Oh, that is, that's a good question. Thanks, man. I'm full of them. Oh, no. And the, and the ticking clock just makes me feel even more <laughs> anxious just thinking of this. I can go if you want to wait yes, for a second. Please, please. I loved, for a toy set, I've obviously played a lot of sports, with G.I. Joe's. Ooh. I played with G.I. Joe's like crazy. Like when I would go up north, there was another friend up there that had his own G.I. Joe vehicles and characters different than mine. And we'd play on the beach and in the grass and in the woods for hours with the G.I. Joe stuff. Like I just loved playing G.I. Joe's. That was like my thing. Not I'm not old enough where they were like the size of Barbies. It's when they were little or the smaller characters and you could have all the vehicles. I love G.I. Joe's. I'm going to bring this back full circle. And yes, it's still in my Twitter bio. The first time I appeared here, Spider Stan. My Spider-Man, like, action play set, whatever you will. I also had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle one. That was sick. Oh, I'm not yeah. going to lie. It was, like, under the sewer, and then they were, like, in New York City. So those are my two that I would go with. So, yes. You get an overload of points because I was a huge Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan. Uh, my answer here, probably my WWE action figures. Go ahead. Take your shots. It's fine. I had a big uh, I had a big Hell in a Cell cage. Heck, with, yeah. With, like, a breakthrough roof. It was sweet. It was a sweet set. Hell, yeah, brother. There we go. That's not the worst Stone Cold I've ever heard. Yes. Not the best. Not the best, but certainly not the worst. That's what I go for when I'm here. The the overload of points is enough to put it over the top. Pablo Iglesias, your winner of Throwing Stones today. Congratulations. He's just going to dance. Not even a speech. Uh, You know what? (laughs) Wins... We're just here to take dubs. That's He's a TV it. guy. It's a video medium over there. It's a TV guy, yeah. <laughs> you can see it at Jim and Matt and uh, on YouTube. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Bang away, bang away. Rutledge and Hamilton continues live from the Everlight Solar Studio. Get into the show, 844-770-3776. Jim Rutledge with Pablo Iglesias from WKOW. Alex Strofe behind the glass. Uh, You can get into the show, 844-770-3776. And guys, we've been talking a little bit of Bucks. 
and obviously a lot about my parenting. Alex, you have not had your chance to chime in on the hire, Adrian Griffin. And I wanted to know, now that it's official, and I want to pair it like this. Adrian Griffin, and he confirmed the hire of Terry Stotts as his, uh, basically, I think, lead assistant coach. And Terry can kind of be the guy that run the offense there. I think that combo has me pretty excited. Yeah, look, I, I am excited. And I think I've been maybe the only guy on, on these airwaves that was initially and still kind of am disappointed about the firing of, of Mike Bootenholzer. I, I don't know if that was the right move. But uh, at this point, it's over and done with. Adrian Griffin's the guy. I was impressed by, by the little I saw from his, from his introductory press conference uh, this morning. And, and to your point, Jamie, I love the, uh, the Terry Stotts uh, move as well. I, I don't know how long form that will be, right? Because I think he'll be in the running for another job at some point. I don't know. You don't think so? He's been a head coach, what, twice? Yeah. Uh, was it just once? Let me look. I th- I'll look up Terry Stotts here in a second. He's 65 years old. Yeah, but, I mean, that's also not super old for coaching, as, as we've learned, right? Look at Nick Saban. Look at Greg Popovich. Look at, I mean, guys that do it well, they can do it well into their 70s and 80s. <laughs> I love Terry Stotts. He is not Greg Popovich. I'm just saying, look at guys, I mean, if if you catch a good break, right, like Steve Kerr might not be the greatest basketball coach ever, but he's certainly shown that he's a very good coach, and he's he's got the right group of guys around him, and they've turned that into championships. He was not always the best coach that wins. In Atlanta, and he was not good there, but he was better in Portland. Portland. 517 and 486 as a winning percentage, but he got to start uh, very early in his career with the Milwaukee Bucks as an assistant coach, and I think he is a guy that can be a really good assistant coach. I would, if I had to bet, I think Terry Stotts stays on as a, as long as an assistant as Adrian Griffin is the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. That's not knocking Terry Stotts, but there's always young and up and coming coaches. Uh, right now, Budenholzer still is open for a job. There's going to be other coaches let go, so I think Terry Stotts has got kind of a a longer hill to climb. So if I had to bet, I think he'll be here for as long as Griffin is here. Well, Eric Name also just tweeting out, too, the the quote saying, specifically the Adrian Griffin saying, to get a guy like Terry is a home run, word for word. So, I mean, that's – I mean, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't put him on your staff for just for fun. Yeah. But Since that, 1994, that Terry Stotts sense. has been in the league. And so this is a guy that's seen all the changes in the NBA and has been uh, – obviously, he knows – the pitfalls of being a head coach. He knows how to coach offense, and I think he can be a great asset for Adrian Griffin. And I'm guessing, and I haven't, I haven't matched up their timeline exactly, I would imagine they've overlapped or have some very close friends who speak very highly of how they could work together. So I do like that combination together. We're going to win in six. Win what in six? <laughs> the Bucks and N- six. The NBA Finals next year. You know how it goes. It's a lifestyle. It's Bucks and six. Bucks and six. We're going to win in six. Nick Nurse won a, uh, won a title in his first year as head coach. So I want to ask you this question. I'm not saying they can't. Uh, Pablo, and then Alex, I want to get to you about what the Bucks should be doing with the rest of their roster. And we'll get try to, we'll get, try to get Eric named this week. But, Pablo, we asked this question a while back. What is Brandon Jennings' bigger impact on the Milwaukee Bucks? We're going to win in six? Or he was traded to Detroit for Brandon Knight and Chris Middleton? I, I think Bucks in six. I mean, no, you don't get Bucks in six without Chris Middleton. I don't know. I just, I, I, I just, I just like the Bucks and six. I just like the meme behind it, honestly, and and how it, <laughs> how they brought him back. What was it to hit the drum in Game Six yeah. in the finals? <laughs> Look, we were all going nuts, and actually, we tried, we tried to find him to do a story on the origin of Bucks and Six when they were running to the finals. Unfortunately, Brandon was a harder for, person to to get in touch with, and by the time it all worked out, that it was over. But I, I just got to go with Bucks and Six just because I loved like the culture and like the. 
the memeiness, I guess, about it um, that I love. But we're gonna win a six. That's a, another side of it too. Is that yes, you do get Chris Middleton, but I'm Bucks and six all the way. Adrian Griffin said that he came away from his uh, conversation with Giannis in awe. He said that what really struck him about Giannis was how hungry and humble he is. So that's uh, I think exciting. That uh, Adrian Griffin very excited about what his star player can bring to the table. It also confirms you could have said anything as far as platitudes about Giannis, but when you say it that uh, he's hungry and humble, fits exactly what I think we all believe Giannis is. And to hear it from someone just coming in, I think is affirming. Good, good yes. stuff. Were you talking to me? <laughs> someone I didn't know I had to direct everything to someone. What were you doing? Uh, I'm uploading a video to Twitter. Of, of Pablo Iglesias using the term memeiness. Lovely. Oh, I thought it was just me throwing my arms up. That's coming later. So, memeiness. And then 844-770-3776. Alex, I'll ask you this question. I asked Pablo earlier. Yeah. If you had a choice, keep the big three intact and rearrange all the other players around it, the role players, or do you blow up the big three and then kind of see where the pieces land? Nah, that's a next year project, I think. I think you run it back. I, I, I look. Well, you can't run it all back. I think, well, right, financially. But, no, but I mean, like, Adrian Griffin doesn't coach a defense that Brooke Lopez fits in. So you want him to change his defense for the guy? <sighs> yeah. But then you you have to sign Brooke for multiple years. Is he a free agent? Yes. I, I guess I haven't looked yes, at Yes, he's a free agent. <sighs> Don't blow it all up. If you can bring back the core three... In Drew, Chris, Giannis, mm-hmm. I feel confident because, and we've talked about this many times. I believe this to be fully true in the NBA. You got to be three things: you got to be good, you got to be lucky, you got to be healthy in order to win a championship. Good, lucky, healthy, and the Bucks were that in twenty-one. They haven't been that the last two years between Chris Middleton's injury last year and Giannis getting hurt in the first round this year. If you're healthy, lucky, and good, you've got a good shot to win a uh, championship, like Denver has been. Miami's almost fully healthy. Tyler Harrow obviously got hurt. Whatever, he's a detriment, anyways. And that seems to be the popular opinion now, which is odd to me, but nonetheless. He's, he is, in the playoffs especially, an, arbitra- uh, an albatross. Albatross? How do you say that? Which one is that one? Albatross, I believe. All right. Albatro. He is <laughs> yeah. that. He is a detriment of massive proportion defensively. Like, essentially worse than Grayson Allen as far as a defensive player because he does not give two craps about playing defense. And Miami is having their success right now because... He is uh, not in there, and the rest of the team is buying in defensively. But I just think so. Strofe and Pablo, and I'll throw it out there to everyone else as well 844 What are the Bucks lacking? Because they clearly are not good enough. The aberration, folks, is the title. Because the other years, they've, they lose prematurely. So this team is lacking. I mean, I think it does go back to the stats. Higher, honestly. Again, I I don't think that this roster needs to be blown up, nor do I think it's perfect by any means. But at the same point, I think they're. I don't think the Bucks necessarily need to reinvent the wheel when it comes to this roster. That's just more so my take. I think again, it just kind of came down to the lack of execution down the stretch, and getting more so fresh faces from the leadership standpoint probably doesn't hurt this team, in my opinion. I, I think again, it just kind of came down to the execution. And I like Stotts. I like the guys that they have coming off the bench. I felt like they were solid rotations, and even then, if it's like, sure, if you depart ways with one of your all-stars and and slip in Bobby Portis as more of a consistent starter, I don't think that hurts it. But again, I think it's more of the, I guess, if you will, the management and the leadership. Combining Griffin and Stotts together could be good in terms of offensive execution and really, at the end of the day, knowing who's going to who's gonna be the killer in, yeah. in the 
two four minute stretch down because I think that's just unfortunately in the Miami series where we saw the Bucks collapse time over time. They had a substantial lead and all of a sudden they it wasn't even just about getting the stops. It was more about just going eye for an eye. They hit they hit a shot and all of a sudden it's a six point game. You hit another shot and just extend the lead and just kind of keep it at a relatively comfortable you know gap i guess but that's that was my thing is like maybe the griffin stots in terms of stots being the offensive guy that's what helps us out in tweaking a little bit of the roster from there i like that i just i think this team needs to be more athletic i think this team needs more shooting that can get like grace Allen can knock down a set shot i mean someone that can just get hot and score some buckets quickly and this could all be taken care of in one guy, too. I don't know who it is. but And then the other part of it is they need – like, Jay Crowder looked washed last year. P.J. Tucker provided a dog in them that they didn't have. I think they need a guy who is a dog as well. Someone that's like a veteran, champion-type player who is going to call players out on their crap. Like, this isn't going to happen. But I feel like Draymond Green would light a fire under this team and change the culture. That would be wild. Now, obviously, that's not going to happen. But like, that's the like that's the type of move where it's like this that guy and that culture changer and that type of player with that skill set would make a major difference. And you can find a poor man's version of that. I think PJ Tucker was that a little bit, but just someone who can has the resume to be listened to. And I think these guys will listen. But I think they need someone who's got that that dog in them. And then they also need someone who can, I don't know, be athletic besides Giannis. I mean, obviously these guys, these guys are all athletic, but I think a little bit more athleticism would help. I know that uh, Strofe might not have that dog in him, but he does have that Door County Distillery in him. I do have that Door County Distillery in me, just not currently, Jimmy. I, I, I'm not on the air drunk. You sure? Because yeah. you were just checked out earlier. I don't know. That's not abnormal, right? Like I react to go like that's abnormal, but I'll tell Wait, you. So what, you're what, regularly what drinking it. <laughs> Shut up, Jim. But what I do love, as as Jim alludes to, is my friends at Door County Distillery. Locally produced, handcrafted, award-winning spirits. Well, you can't go wrong with, with those three accolades to your name. And they're made in beautiful Door County. If you're heading up to Door County this summer, bringing the sweetheart up there, whatever you're doing up there, uh, the number one thing I can recommend, aside from all the this the scenery, is do the distillery and or winery tour at Door County Distillery and Winery. They're in the same building on Highway 42 in Carlsville. It's absolutely awesome. You get to see the whole process of how they distill, how they make the wines. You get to test a bunch of them. Um, and then they have a bar, a winery spot. I mean, it's just amazing at Door County Distillery. But if you're not going up to Door County, everything they make, their single malt bourbon, their whiskey, uh, the, the, their gin with the signature green bottle, available all over the place down here. Check them, check out their website, DoorCountyDistillery.com, to find the retailer nearest you, as well as those secret cocktail recipes I always talk about. The website, again, DoorCountyDistillery.com. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light, a finalist for Best of Madison Radio Team. Vote at Channel3000.com. People really like this show. I'll give the Miami Heat this, and everyone talks about Jimmy Butler. But don't fool yourself, Bucks fans. This isn't like, oh, Jimmy Butler wiped us out. No, the Bucks are just not built the same way Miami is from top to bottom. Maybe Adrian Griffin is that guy. Now, Spolstra, Eric Spolstra is that guy. He is. That's for sure. 
and he put it out there. Yes, and he came up from what I think video equipment guy. Video, yeah, he was the video, video coordinator, coordinator in '95, yeah. which I will say was my birth year. But yeah. Cool. There you go. That's how long he's been around. So, and he's worked his way up with that heat culture, but he understands basketball. But also, the way that team is put together, and Riley's involved in as well, that team has multiple undrafted free agents, and they have a, a good mix of players who can get it done without having to be the star. And this is where the Bucks. I guess, guys, I'll ask this question. You can chime in 844-770-3776. Jim Rutledge, Pablo Iglesias, and Alex Strofe. The Bucks feel top-heavy. And top-heavy teams don't feel like champions. And that's my concern that I have, that this team's fatal flaw is that they're top-heavy. And they're a little redundant. Drew Holiday, all these guys are athletic, but Drew Holiday is not super athletic for his position. He's a great defender. Chris Middleton is a really effective basket scorer. And then Giannis is a freak of nature on many different levels. And Bobby Portis is a really, is a, I love Bobby too, not super athletic. And so you have these this kind of collection of guys, Pat Connington, athletic but not on a premier level. And so you just need to find um, a few players, whether undrafted free agent or – and they don't even have picks. I think they have the last pick in the second round or second-last pick in the second round. But someone who's actually going to make uh, an impact. What they really need is someone like uh, Marshawn Bochamp to make a big jump. He doesn't have to be a star, but can he play 10 to 15 minutes this year? Then be effective. Because that's youth, that's energy, that's uh, athleticism, and that's something that can be quantifiable. And maybe it is moving out some of the other players. And I, not that I want to move on from Lopez; they all have value. But maybe you need to sub out some of these guys. And for example, you push out Lopez, Bobby Portis plays more, and now all of a sudden your offense, your your team out there is more nimble. And now you start bringing, and maybe you can find some other players, bottom tier free agents or whoever who are hungry who have that dog in them for a different reason because they're trying to stay on the um, on the field or on the court. Like, I just The Bucks feel very top-heavy is my concern. Yeah, I mean, it's is this the sexiest NBA Finals matchup? By no means. But they're competitive games. And I think it's that is this NBA Finals is just very much a prime example of that, of two teams that are very deep. We all saw that Denver had that depth. You know, there's no question about that. Yeah. They're starting five. I mean, you even think about it. These were some of these guys were like, these guys are supposed to be the faces of their franchises I mean, or whatever yeah, it is. Denver but. is on the next. I mean, the, the Bucks can't be Denver. Their roster is too far gone to be Denver. That is a unique roster they've built out there. You're right. Yeah, and and even then for Miami, has Miami been the most consistent team all season? No, but they also had that depth. They've had guys, for instance, Gabe Vincent. Um, and then uh, Robinson coming off the bench. Those those are guys that you know have the chip on their shoulder, undrafted guys that are hitting shots when they need to. So that's that's just definitely the other side of it too. Is that they have depth outside of their starting five. Is it great to see the star power that the Bucks have? Sure, but as you can see too, that's only carry, that can only carry them so far. So again, this NBA Finals is definitely a true testament to how deep your team needs to be. I think Pablo's spot on. Um, look, I, I, and and again, it goes back to those, and I know it's cliche, I say it all the time, but it goes back to those three things. You need to be healthy, you need to be good, you need to be lucky. And the Bucks have certainly been good, but looking at the contracts, which I probably should have done like four weeks ago, but nonetheless. <laughs> Why didn't you? Huh? They've only got Giannis, Drew, Bobby, Grayson Allen, Pat, Marjan, and Javon Carter definitely under contract next year. Chris Middleton has a player option. Like, if we're going to be honest here, there's no depth there. Well, also, like, Pat is kind of top-heavy in his contract. It's not necessarily... Maybe he gets back to healthy, but last year he did not earn his contract. Javon Carter, not great. Again, these players who are 
they're all athletic compared to regular folks. But, <laughs> of course. Uh, they're not. They just need I some. I think we could take them, the three of us. Let's do it. <laughs> they, they just need. No, please, need, no, please. But they, they, need more, they need more Bobby Portises. Yes. P.J. Tucker-esque, right? Yes, but uh, they don't have to be stars. They could be Gabe Vincent or Struess or just people who are fighting for their NBA lives who can provide some perspective to you this team. You want some urgency. Yes. That's the word. You want some urgency. Because Giannis is giving you urgency. Like I said, he's loyal. He's not an idiot. If this team doesn't look like they're going anywhere, watch out. He'll be gone. This You're is right. Ben Rutledge and Hamilton. Thank you, Pablo, for uh, chiming in. Uh, Great to be here. Who's on with me tomorrow? Me. All right. That's Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. That's all I get. All right. Woo! Neat. <laughs> Fun. Ow! You know, Pablo.